0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Dungeons and Degrees. My name is Adrian.
1: And I'm Alex.
0: And today we have a returning, returning guest.
1: <laughs>
0: Skyler. Yay! You know him. You've heard of him. <laughs> Go ahead and talk about yourself.
2: Hi. I don't know if you've heard of me, but I'm on YouTube as Skyler the Dungeonologist. I am. Passionate about making sure that D&D is a welcoming and open place for people with neurological disorders, neurodivergent folks, of which I am one. I have ADHD and bipolar type 2.
0: Awesome. So we're going to kind of rehash a conversation we've already had in the past, but it's a conversation that has many facets and many ways of looking into it, and that's upon death. You know, death become us and everything cool like that. But also, it pulls at our heartstrings when it, it happens to those that we do care about. So, yeah. I still, to this day, have not successfully killed any of my characters. I've gotten closer, though. I'm not afraid. They're strong individual beings your, that... Your,
2: your players?
0: Yes. Yeah. My player characters, not the actual players. So I I I do not know where they live exactly. I'm getting close. I'm gonna send a death certificate of their player character to their house when it does happen though.
1: <laughs> Can you also just send them a little box like with a plastic bag filled with like concrete mix?
0: A concrete
2: mix. Well when yeah. um when in the West Marchers campaign, our first death was Adamar the Wizard, and I recorded a little funeral. And I was editing it. It was just like me in, in the garden with a little spade burying a miniature. But I never ended up uploading it. I got really self-conscious because I didn't know
0: Jax that well. I'm like, what if they think that this is super weird? Do you, I mean, you've know Jax a little bit better now. Do you believe that he would think that?
2: I think that he would think it was awesome.
0: <laughs> then make it happen, it's Kevin. Not,
2: no, now it's too late. It's been like several months.
0: Well, then just make it on the anniversary of Jax's character then. Okay. I think that'll work out in your benefit. If it's too late, you just wait a year. And you have to hit that, that sweet spot of a year.
2: Yeah, that's what I do with my taxes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, That's what I do with gifts. I just don't give them during Christmas. And I just give I just it...
2: Don't give them.
0: I just give him whenever I see something, like, immediately I think of that person. And I'm like, yeah, that looks like that.
2: I wish that was more socially acceptable. Just to, like, hey, I thought of you when I got this, and I didn't want to wait till your birthday, so here's this thing.
0: I did that with my first roommate. I'm like, I went to this concert. He's like, oh, my God, they're one of my favorite bands. I'm like, that's cool. And I go, and I get a vinyl for him. And he's like, oh, wow. And then he wasn't my roommate a month later, so. He would find. Well,
2: that was his plan.
0: It was like... I'm going to, you know, I'll wait a year and I'll get that vinyl. And it came early. So he's like, ah,
2: my next roommate, I'm getting that animal collective discography.
1: (laughs) See, now I'm curious. I think that may be an actual gendered thing because I have had, I've given my friends gifts and I have received gifts that were, they had nothing to do with anything. They just were like, hey, I saw this pin and I thought of you.
2: I'm just so terrified of rejection that the idea of giving something to someone and them saying no thanks or this makes me uncomfortable will paralyze me into indecision.
0: How do you become a YouTuber?
2: (laughs) I just pretend I'm not most of the time. Well, I don't read a lot of the comments. That's a big secret. Yeah. I'll have them vetted for me and the ones that are nice I'll respond to. Heard. I don't respond to anything about my appearance. Whether it's positive or negative, because I just don't want to engage that.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a slippery slope. You get fangirls and fan letters. Or just people saying, like, what? You need to shave. You look horrible. Why don't you wash
2: your hair? All your acne scars. It's your face is overexposed because you're too pale to go out into the sun. Like, that was all comments on my first video. I
0: love it. Cool. Awesome. Love guys. They had yeah, nothing nice. better to Stop do. making videos for eight months. No. I think the first comment that I had on a video was, hey, do this challenge with your little sister. And I was like, I was doing like the headphone challenge with her. And there was like a camelback thing. And you like put them in a very bad position and make them like hurt. And I'm like, that doesn't look safe. I am seven years older than my little sister. So that's not happening.
2: Hurt your family.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And then they commented later, like, are you not going to do it? (laughs) I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. Stop. (laughs) It was, it was awkward.
2: So we're talking about death and I wanted to ask you guys in D and D. Do you, do you think that players should be able to play
0: through like an afterlife?
1: (gasps) Ooh. (laughs) Um,
0: Do you have more to that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, cause I never thought about I never thought about that. But hell yeah, I would do that. I think that'd be really interesting, especially if you were going like, like Egyptian type, right where your soul Whoa. has to collect all of the pieces of all of their pieces in one night to come back, and then you can go on to the after afterlife.
2: Oh, and there's some being that's like, hey, remember all that fucked up shit you did? Hmm. Your heart is not lighter than a feather, Ragnar.
1: And that's, that'd be cool. That'd be really, that'd be really neat. So yeah, I'd be here for, I mean, that was an easy sell, so. (laughs) We're done, podcast over.
0: All right, that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, Go follow Skylar. No, 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 no. (laughs) Do go follow Skylar, but we're we're not finished here. We ain't even started, buddy. What do you mean by playing through death? As in, like, you go ahead.
2: I mean, it's kind of open-ended. So I've been reading the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and so I'm way into the idea of the bardo, this, like, place between one life and the next. So maybe even having a character, a player, who carries the karma of their previous player character, but they don't know that that was their past life, or something strange like that. I, I don't know that D&D fifth edition supports it, but I think that some of my players would be down or even just like uh, this. We know that this person is going to get resurrected or whatever, like order of the stick did that where Roy, the fighter spoilers for order of the stick, uh, like 2000 um, <laughs>
1: what a deep dive.
2: issues ago. But there was an arc where the fighter died and we knew that he was going to get brought back, but they just needed the diamonds. And so he roleplayed some, he, the, well, the, he didn't roleplay. He's just a fictional character. He had some time in the afterlife where he like climbed Mount Celestia the the ever the ever climb and met some of his ancestors and they, they imparted some knowledge and he didn't remember a lot of it when he woke up but he was he had like some techniques that were in his muscle memory now and i think that's super cool and i i, I feel like a lot of the deaths that i've done in the west marches because of my death system have ended up being non-resivable and i'm going to remedy that my death system which i'll have by the time this podcast goes up, I'll have a video about it called Mame, Claim, or Fame. I think Adrian talked about it on the last uh, death episode. Hi, I'm the DM that killed his artificer. I want to make resurrection a bigger part of the West Marches because as of right now, it's like, we'll go roll another character for me to kill instead of the party going on a quest to get a 1,000 gold and diamonds or whatever to perform the ritual. But I also don't want it to be mundane. So I think if I, like, for instance, if Aeneas had been brought back, Adrian, if I had gone aside and done, like, hey, this is what Aeneas' afterlife looks like, and we're going to learn some stuff about him and about what, how he feels about that. You know, more of a, a role-playing, not really any combat unless things got super dicey. Like, if you wanted to fistfight an angel, that's cool. <laughs> but uh, I, epic. The idea of, because I love one-on-one side sessions. That's a part of any D and D I run. So the idea of a character dies, and I text that player, and I'm like, "Hey, your character wakes up on this mountainside, surrounded by trees, and they're wearing these different clothes. So let's let's meet up later and talk about that in person."
0: That's that's interesting because I do agree that sometimes like it can be mundane, like. My characters in the Curse of Strahd, they're just saying like, oh, yeah, you should try to kill us before we get to level five, because by then we have a cleric with resurrection. and
2: Yeah, with Revivify. Yeah,
0: Revivify, exactly. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And also, I already gave them diamonds to do it, so they have like three respawns at this time. So I guess I have free reign to do a loose cannon fight. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. And, you know, when they have that, the stakes of death aren't as heavy as they were before then. They didn't have a way to do this. I did... Yeah, I
2: mean, and now that Marnie's in the West Marches, it's kind of the same. Like, uh, we have a very high-level cleric who is, if provided with the materials, can resurrect just about anybody.
0: Exactly. And that's
2: a... And also, we're talking about the, the artifact from Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, the, like, Cauldron of Resurrection or whatever.
0: Yeah, that's what everyone's and, trying to get. <laughs> They're like, oh, my God, let's do it. Yeah, they,
2: they, they want that in the game, so I'm going to put it in the game. You know, I'm not going to say when or where. But uh, once that's there, it, I, I kind of like the idea of death being this transient thing in D&D. That's part of the fantasy, right, is that you're never really dead as long as there's a person with the spells to cast. And I want to balance that with, like, being able to grieve your character. Because that's also really cool. It's frustrating. Like, I've had characters die. My first character ever died. I think he, like, it, he stepped on a trap and got impaled by spikes because it was second edition. And the, my DM kind of sucked. <laughs> but it, it's beautiful to be able to embody this other self and experience their death because you're not going to really get to experience the aftermath of your own death. You don't get to grieve for yourself. That's the the purview and the privilege and the burden of the people who love you, right? So getting to grieve for Pindred the Paladin, for Aeneas the Artificer, is like as close as we're gonna get to that. Does that make sense?
1: I think that's a really interesting point of view because you could at that point, let's say someone has, you know, other obligations that maybe they can't make that specific time anymore, but they could meet with you one-on-one. You could have that relationship continue. You could still have that story continue. Maybe it's just the DM and the player. And then maybe something happens where they can come back and play and then you know, they come back resurrected, but they have this whole different journey behind to play their character, which I think would be really interesting of like a a group dynamic that, you know, that that player character would have all of these new things that happen to them. And really, how are they going to explain to the other group that what dying is like <laughs> Yeah, because it could be that they don't remember a much of it. They could just keep it to themselves and not really want to talk about it, you know. And then they yeah. have maybe that option of stepping into the light or not stepping into the light.
2: What? Yeah, and I love the idea of Revenants in D&D 5th Edition. feels like a tool that I want to use as a dungeon master. Like, there was that optional race. I think it might be in Curse of Strahd or it was in, like, an Undead Earth Arcana or something. But you die, and... Whatever purpose and destiny you have is like, nope, you're going to live until you do this. And the idea is that being alive is kind of this this chore that you have to do. And so you raise as a revenant every time you would be killed and you just have to keep soldiering on until you finish this task. But it doesn't to me, it doesn't translate to gameplay that way because, like, you know, you still get to level up and be your character. So I don't just want to be the DM who is like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can come back as a revenant. Everyone can come back as a revenant. Or yes, this per- this person comes back as a revenant and then someone else dies. And they're like, well, I have unfinished business. Shouldn't I get to?
1: That's not how death works, bro.
0: <laughs> it's hard to tell your players, though. <laughs> yeah, it's hard
2: to tell your players that you're not <laughs>
0: playing favorites. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just contemplating that concept.
2: Of Revenants
0: yeah well Revenants into like I, I there's Revenants in Curse of Strahd, yes yeah and for me that there's my players have been very kind of useful in kind of being able to like work within the boundaries of like if I die I want to play this character or this like mm-hmm. they're okay with it like some of them okay guys if you're listening you can't anymore Alright, turn off the podcast. I'm sorry, that was it. You got twenty minutes, that's it. Alright. Good luck out there. Okay, so one of them wanted to be a revenant. The other one wanted to be resurrected by Strahd. One of them wanted to take hold of um R- Rictavio. And the other one wanted his memory wiped and resurrected. So like they've all like instead of me having to find out and play a whole new like scenario of why Strahd would bring another character in, they're like if I die, I can still play within the constraints of this kind of city. And they all wanted different things. And I thought it was really cool. I think one of
2: the, That is really cool.
0: Two of them wanted the same thing. Um, so part of me was like, to both of them was like, I don't know, maybe. Well, it's most of them, actually. <laughs> we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we burn it. So, yeah. I, I, I think that... I don't know. I think that because I prepped them for death, they're okay with it.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, Curse of Strahd is, has that going for it. This is like, hey, this is the world that kills people, and death is weird here, and everyone is tired and sad and wants to die.
0: Yes. And I have, like... Yeah, the, the
2: genre is really on your side there.
0: Oh, of course, of course. I think that, so far, it's... The death being a, th- a problem hasn't been too bad, because they've been wrecking shop, and once they stop in Velaki cuz I give them so much intrigue in Velaki they'll move on to higher powers and it's going to be grand but yeah I think that's entry, so like all the characters that had like people who had come for a session or two I took their characters and I cursed them and I f- made them fight the uh the party which would have been really cool if one of them didn't already have a glyph of warding or something like that, that concealed all undead individuals in it, just immediately at the ready, <laughs> and they're all trapped and they can only do ranged spells and only one of them was ranged. <laughs> tough, uh, tough, tough, tough.
2: Stuff seldom goes how we expect it because of magic.
0: Very much so. Yeah, I,
2: I have this spell that's gonna undermine your whole encounter. Cool. Pretty much. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So I, I have a book, upcoming. And it's called the Libris Prosthesium. Title may change moving forward. And I'm going to be playtesting soon. There will be a YouTube video up on my channel about it. But it's, it's more about the MAME part of MAME claim and fame. And it's going to be the ways that you change based on uh, how you're playing the game. So like when you, you would die, you lose an arm or you lose a leg or you lose an eye. And then later on, there will be an opportunity using this system to make a deal with a fire elemental so it inhabits your arm and you have a firearm now, or an assassin comes after you and they've got this crazy cat eye, so when you defeat them, it rolls out of their head and you can pop it into your socket and get these crazy stealth bonuses. Or, uh, you know, a trap that literally um, infects you with like a mechanical parasite that replaces your limb. Uh, stuff like that, which I, I believe that. I come from a tradition of D&D where adventures change adventurers. You know, it's like that Flash Gordon thing where you tune in to episode seven and like, why does that dude have an eye patch and a robot arm? I don't know, but it's cool. Like, you can tell that they, they've changed. They've grown. Uh, D&D characters mechanically reflect that, but seldom aesthetically. There's a game called Wildermyth I really like, where you it's kind of what inspired Meme Claim or Fame, where if you die, you can have your character lose a limb instead, and they sort of limp home and heal. And later on, you know, they can get a celestial arm or get a fire elemental arm. And it's that Adventure Time aesthetic, too, like when Finn loses his arm and then the grass sword infects it and he gets a grass arm or he has a robot arm. Or even, you know, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. Just this idea that a brush with death should change you forever. And uh, I want to incorporate something about characters who have been to the afterlife and come back, like maybe have some, I don't know, like uh, a third eye or something, or, or their their hair is now like this masked sort of starry texture and they have some celestial abilities. I'm not sure. That remains to be seen.
0: So yeah, if you want to help flush this out, um, go playtest with Skylar. It'll be a good time as always.
2: Yeah, it's it's hard to play test the
0: what is really the meat and
2: potatoes of the experience, which is growing attached to a character and then and then they're changing in a way that you didn't expect. But the, the prosthetic limbs and the mechanics and the magic powers you get, that's all stuff I really need help playtesting. <laughs> exactly.
1: So like a watered down experience of death. Like a a death light
2: right or you know practice for dying <laughs> practice, <laughs> practice for letting go of something and being present and because it's i speak from experience and i think a lot of people share this when i say that it's hard to enjoy D after your character dies but once you're over it you still have fun and so this you know this kind of be here now shtick of being able to embrace that the game is still ongoing and you're still with your friends and you're still doing something beautiful even though you've experienced loss and it really it's a very very light version of that it had it has nothing on the real thing you know there it's nothing compared to a- actually losing someone that you love but it is a practice in being with your friends and and Focusing or not even focusing, but just not attaching yourself to the notion that you've just lost something and letting that loss color this experience with your friends instead of, you know, taking your ball and going home or saying or, you know, feeling like the game is ruined or not wanting to roll. I, I mean, I played with people who said, hey, if my character dies, I don't want to play another character or D&D ever again. <laughs> like, oh, well, I wish you would have told me that when we first started this game, bud yeah no that's that's rough and i you know there are campaigns i've walked out of because i'm like i just don't think my care my story i don't have another story to tell in this world and i wish you all luck
0: i haven't had that happen so it's kind of rough to kind of uh feel uh, understand fully the empathy for you um like I, I do feel sad like when you lose a player like i've tried my heart and soul to keep people my party together because like we've been together for so long and you know when i heard one of them has to change their schedule i'm like all right let's try to move mountains and seas and see if we can find another time all right guys 2 a.m on saturdays (laughs) this is for you rasp
1: (laughs) wow just call him out right there
0: well
2: he's he's our australian
1: Okay, uh, so we're working with time zones. You got to give him a little bit.
2: No, yeah, we do. We try. We love it. And he's so understanding and
0: accommodating. Yeah, he's a a sweet boy. I mean, he's not a boy, but he's a sweet boy. (laughs) He's a full-grown man, Adrian. Uh,
2: Yeah, Adrian.
1: (laughs) Yeah, shit.
0: Shit. But yeah. I want to also talk about this because it's kind of been on my mind this week because it kind of... I kind of, there was, I had two players kind of get into it and I, 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 it's, it's hard for me. I don't want to pick sides, but I also, because I want this game to be accommodating to everybody and I want to try my best to find the middle ground and part of me is like, I was already tired after a week of being shorthanded at work and I was barely going to play this weekend. So, when this happened, I was on edge and talking about, you know, players and what you put into them. And one of them straight up said, uh, Shut the fuck up, this character's name. With a very apathetic voice. It didn't seem joking at all. And the other person said, If you're not having fun, person's real name, you can leave. And I wow. had. Yeah. So, I had to deal with that. So, I said, Okay. And I paused. I'm like, this is this is my spiel to them. And I think it's an important spiel to say to this podcast when this kind of happens. Um, because his response was like, oh, this that was in character. Just because it was in character doesn't mean it didn't feel like it wasn't. Because you put yourself into this. Whatever character you roll up, if you're in this game, if you've been in this game for seven months, which is what my group was, you've put your some time and special and when you when you make fun of other people when you hit other people in game when you use spells against them that's it feels like it's to you so when you have words that are mean they have splash damage okay and that doesn't just hit the player character it hits the player too so next time we need to talk about this we need to be worried about the words and how we phrase them because that splash damage hurts so please, when we talk, we're going to talk respectfully. So after I told them that with a couple of different words, cause I've had time to think about it, I was like, okay, I did like one or two, three, two things of role playing left after that. Cause it was near the end of the session anyways. And I'm like, okay, I'm out and I left and I don't know what happened. But for like three hours afterwards, I saw them still in the chat and I don't know what happened. All I know is that Whoa. I just couldn't be there because I just, I needed to step away before anything happened because I wasn't, Yeah, cu- it was tough.
2: Yeah, Matt Colville put out a video recently. I think it's called like the DM is a player too. And it's, it that one's mostly about like DM burnout and having, having fun and and it not being like clocking in for a job. But yeah yeah I don't like f- watching players fight. It makes me flash back to like being at a friend's house and their parents are just fighting <clears throat> in front of you. I'm like, well <sighs> I'm just gonna play with these Legos in absolute dead silence
0: <laughs> no i got I got an apology from one for both of them um, and they're like one of them was like I'm sorry i had I made you work when you were off the clock.' You know, made you do your job when you're here. So I haven't really kind of addressed it since then. It's been, well, that was last Friday. So I, uh, I'm still kind of processing it.
2: I've had it where players start dating and then break up.
0: And Yikes. They want me
2: to like pick somebody. I'm like goodbye to both of you if that's
0: how you're going to be. Please
2: don't give me an ultimatum or I'm going to choose the nuclear
0: option. Truly. You know, I mean, when I when I started putting that out, that like that serious, like really putting down the law energy, and you know, I'm just like, uh, I it, it needed to happen, and I was the person to do it because everyone else is just a player, and to the players are gonna fight amongst each other. But if I say it, and I don't say who's at fault because I don't believe I believe that everyone could have done a little bit better, but I know that there's something that needs to be done in the future and i think that at one point there might be a time where i need to just like really 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 lay down the law and i fear that because i don't want to be that dm but i know i need to be it for the the people that aren't fighting you know the ones that are having a good time
2: i I had one dm whose name i will not mention to protect their innocence but there was a player that they were dating and the player broke up with them and then they just like straight up killed their player character and that is a kind of maliciousness that is i think unique to dnd like you can't do that you know if we were all bowling <laughs> together like, and 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 someone in the bowling league breaks up with somebody else like they're not going to publicly set fire to their bowling shirt or whatever or like hit their bowling ball with a sledgehammer but, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, your character, I think they, like, got bitten by a poisonous spider or something, and it was a uh, save or die, and they failed to save and died. And it was so, I don't know, it was horrible to watch. I left that game after that.
0: Yeah, that's a vibe. Uh, not a good one, though.
2: <laughs> no, it's a bad
0: vibe. It's a
2: brown note
0: vibe. <laughs> one of my summer games, when I when my ex broke up with me, I'm like, I don't have it in me to to try to rekindle those pieces together of the everybody else. Because it's tough. Because, like, oh, either A, it's like they know and I'm still doing what I'm doing. Or B, they don't know and they'll bring it up and I'm like, I'm not ready. It's been a week. Ah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really... that Grieving a relationship or, or grieving someone that you've lost, like... Pretending like it hasn't happened can work for a little bit until someone is like, hey, how's so and so? And you just moan in pain.
0: (laughs) Nah, but I'm good now. It only took a couple, but everything's a okay. Right, Alex? I haven't been. Yeah. I haven't been. You're fine. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not lonely. I've got my dog.
1: Yeah. Well, that that makes me... I guess that's that's a skill that I know that I'm pretty okay at mediating those things, especially if I'm not the one in the middle of it. If I'm in the middle of it, I'm terrible. Like, all bets are off. I am awful with arguing with another person. But if I'm watching the argument, hashtag childhood trauma... I'm good I'm good with watching and like listening to what both people are saying. So do you think like I guess how does that apply to the real world? Do you both feel like you have a good mediation ability with when you're, when you're dealing with like real people or do you have like a good level or sense of emotional intelligence? So like when you are feeling bad and to avoid issues?
0: Yes and no. <laughs> um Well, I mean, I think in the past I've been okay with kind of being a mediator and talking to people. Um, But also that's kind of what I have to do for my job now. I have to be able to talk to them and their issues. And, like, I have families that I have to talk to and give them skills and kind of mediate things. And how do I do this without stepping on the other people's toes and, like, mediate how they're going to go on with this kind of – these life skills and these kind of behavioral skills in order to make that this communication process work so like in so my life i have resolving
2: be... the problem at hand but ensuring like ongoing stability
0: yeah i mean that's that's the thing The like on hand stuff i i'm not gonna like well they were wrong and they're right like okay that happened that's that's the bottom line that's all i can tell you right now and this and tell me how you felt about those problems all right and let's kind of dig deep and figure out how we can kind of resolve that next time. Because I can't fix what already happened, for the most part, because I'm not in their lives, really. I'm, I'm there for um, a couple, handful of minutes to hours, and I have to give them tools and use it next time. And I say no, it's because... uh, <laughs> uh, uh I I I don't know how to say this without being the bad guy, but I was definitely the bad guy. Okay. I two friends of mine broke up. Uh. And I was like trying to be friends with both of them. And then I started dating the ex. So that didn't work. That's not the move, but it happened. <laughs> and then there all, all all the other people were like looking at me strangely. I'm like I I just it just happened. Oh well. Now now I've got enemies. So yeah, it's hard sometimes. I
2: I understand that. And looking at those situations from the outside is never ever fair. Because you don't. You it's you from the outside it's really hard to empathize at face value with like the dynamic that you just described. But I've also been in a really similar situation and It's strange to acknowledge how little control you have over the bonds that you form with people. Yeah, even D and NPCs.
0: Yeah, like I, I, one of my one of my player characters is uh, tr- was trying to date this girl in game, and I I'm like I didn't want any of it, but he's been trying so hard. I'm like fine, whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna make this a major plot point, and uh, now that girl is. I know what she is. I can't say it because I don't want any of my players to hear this. But, yeah, she's she disappeared uh, in front of their eyes, and it was kind of brutal.
2: I mean, I feel like that's the that's the move for romance in-game, right? Because that's now narrative currency. Mm-hmm. It's like Haha. If we started the game right here, this person would be a part of your backstory. And guess what, bud? It's about to get tragic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's like... Our, this character was like kind of like inquisitive and everything, and all of a sudden now he's like, "I want revenge." And they went into town and they went to go kill the evil mayor, <laughs> and so to release some some yeah, stress. That's
2: knife theory, man. That was a knife. You did it <laughs> so for mediating conflict in real life. I I'm in like a supervisory position at work, and I work with mostly college students very young you know 18 to 22 and they don't get along because you know they're still forming a self-identity and whatever thing they're a part of is super important to their to who they are and that's fine like that's something that everyone has to go through so I'm not belittling someone's experiences but oftentimes people's self-images come into conflict with what other people are projecting onto them And so there are a lot of conflicts like that where I work like, you know, he said, she said, well, this person didn't do this right. And they said I didn't do this. And it just gets super hateful. And I have to be like, hey, cool. I don't care about any of that. Here's what I do care about. You're both awesome people to work with. And I don't want any reason to have to go into Super Saiyan Supervisor mode. Let me keep being your friend and let's resolve this in a cool way. And I'm good at that, but if I'm not at work and I'm talking to my friends, I'm an angry crier, <laughs> which means that you no, know, all my credibility just drains out of my eyeballs immediately the second that I think that someone is, I don't know, about to treat me unfairly. I don't know what the exactly what the triggers are. I'm still on that road of self-discovery. But, you know, anytime I get angry, the first thing I do is cry. And they're... It's not a pretty cry. It's like a... Like, blurry eyes, snot out of my nose, and I just can't find the right words to say, even though I very clearly understand what I'm feeling. So also, yes and no.
0: <laughs> no, I, I I don't... Haven't had been angry recently, but, yeah, I'm definitely, in the past, for sure, an angry crier. So... When you said that, I'm like, me too. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me mad. <laughs> Alex, you, you you kinda you kinda touch on it. Do you have you had any problems in game or
1: I haven't had any problems in game. I haven't had any games last long enough to have any problems. I might have dismantled a game because of my romantic interests. But that was, I think, doomed to fail anyways. So I don't have any, like, D&D experience. I'm very good as long as I'm not involved to, like I said, I can mediate.
2: So, like, that being the, the dungeon master in that situation is is pretty ideal for you.
1: It could be. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> I, once again, I know that I have a different game because my game is with my family. So... You know, I I have 30 years of information to pull.
2: Yeah, and where else are they going to go?
1: Yeah, so they're stuck with me until somebody dies. I mean, not really because... Yeah, so that's one thing that, like, because I watch so many other people fight, especially fighting with my own partner, I can sort of see where, like, I went wrong and I have that, like, that, I don't know, ability to sort of like, view view further than my own. So like, things that Michael and I have argued about, I can see my brother doing because he is from the same genetic pool. It's all the same fighting habits that my parents did. And I can see where things that I have noticed about me end up in him and they're maybe not the best tools when you go into having a conversation with somebody, right?
2: He started at the same academy of of conflict.
1: Yes. Yes. We are. We have. Although he wasn't in in attendance to class most of the time, I have more attendance on him. I think he still absorbed some of the knowledge somehow. So I have that ability. So I'm sure, like, if I, you know, say this now and then later on. um,
0: Yeah. No, I get that. I'm sure
1: I could con I could have a conflict or like mediate my players having some sort of disagreement that was kind of like, hey, we need to step back. Like, what's actually going on? Because it sounds like you are upset about something, and you're bringing it in game. And I just want to make sure you know we have this clear line that hey, we're friends, but don't be a dick.
0: This is some heavy talking, but I do enjoy it. <laughs> I'm just letting you know.
1: Well, I mean, we're talking about death and dying and conversations and those are those are all people things that we have to deal with and you don't necessarily have to deal with them all the time. So the ability to talk about them isn't going to be as easy as like, hey, I know how to have a conversation about what kind of food I want. Like, okay, cool. Like, I know how to navigate that conversation. Right. Do you have any food restrictions? Yes. Okay, cool. We can go wherever you don't have those restrictions or no all right let's go anywhere like that's easy but like that
2: that can be a delicate conflict resolution <laughs> of picking picking where to eat
0: that's a There's skill a- i don't have for so, sure
2: that's where my fear of rejection comes into too cuz i'm like let's just go to x place and then mm, no <laughs> i
0: don't feel like that
2: well i have a lot of ideas
1: <laughs> not
2: crying <laughs>
0: Dude, I can't. I'm I'm so lax, and I'll. uh, So it's like whatever you want. But what do you want? I'm like I just said whatever you want. I I just yeah. Because like whatever I want's not good enough. And they they only serve like tomatoes
2: with like uh, still in the shell sunflower seeds on them. I'm like okay, like you know I'll, I'll eat whatever.
0: That sounds good. I don't know why. Which means I'm terrible
2: at picking where to eat. Oh, but also, like my my defaults are all from my degenerate teenage years. So I'm like Taco <gasps> Bell. Hell yeah, oh, schnitzel.
1: <laughs> Taco
2: Bell. Give me MSG and just salt and fat.
1: So on a completely different note, I didn't eat Taco Bell as a as a child. I Back didn't when really your
2: eat... body could handle it.
1: Yeah, never, I never. You didn't bring ate up it, the immune so...
0: system. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I was such a, ve- I was a vegetarian, like a strict, strict vegetarian. And I didn't realize you could ask for substitutes and things like that. So it wasn't until I became more of an adult and then realized like, hey, if you have these ingredients, you can probably substitute the refried beans for, for beef. And I'll have that Crunchwrap Supreme, please. So like, as a 30 year old person, I fucking love Taco Bell. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> now I have the money to eat it all the time.
0: That was a Is fun time to get real it depends
1: how much how much more real do you need
2: i don't know i i went to a funeral recently i'm not gonna say for whom but we lost someone in the family and watching everyone else grieve for it and you know grieving myself and helping the people around me there's this sort of i don't know like i don't want to call it a high but it's definitely a clarity. like It's like getting really bad news from a doctor. You have no choice but to be pinned down to the moment. You can't be stuck in the past. You can't be thinking about what you're going to have for dinner tomorrow. You can't be thinking about what you want to buy at the store. You have to be there in that moment with that news or with that grief. And that's, I think that's a good place to be. It, the act of grieving is not fun or good. It doesn't make you feel good, but it does make you present and aware of yourself and aware of your feelings in a way that I think we're probably, most people aren't most of the time because we're too busy trying to make money and buy food and dream about swimming pools or whatever your material goals are. And I think that similarly to to D&D, like when, when, when i've had a character die i have to sit there and appreciate that game and think about like my attachment to that character and now it's being reconciled with loss and it's it it, it can be addicting but it's also meaningless if you just are grieving all the time it has to be something that happens to you naturally does that make sense
1: I think that makes a lot of sense. There is a level of awareness of your actual present being when you start to think about what happens if there's not a present being for you, or when you're faced with a loved one or somebody, I mean, someone at all. Because I, I can absolutely see like, even people I respect just having like a moment of oh my gosh like that person's not here anymore and like they're not breathing right and that's
2: even celebrities right like yeah like anybody
1: oh man i'm yeah we you know lost our james bond today or not today this this year
2: yeah (laughs) henry jones senior
1: oh i love that
2: movie so good
1: but yeah i mean and and You know i lost i lost david bowie like it was like a close family friend Uh,
2: (laughs) no yeah oh my gosh
1: david bowie passed away i cried all day i could not get it together there was no moment i just had to just survive and just be aware and honestly it's not like his everyday life affected my life so right you know deaths does hit hard you want to know so, another celebrity death that like kills me? I can't. I can't deal with it. Still, what's that? Fucking Steve Irwin. Oh I can't deal with Steve Irwin being gone. I cry. I will cry. Not doing it now. I'm good. But like, that's one I just can't.
2: Yeah, I mean, and Mr. Rogers, man, like.
1: Oh. You're right. Just
2: people who, and you know, it's like Mr. Rogers and Steve Irwin and Bob Ross and fucking Ram Dass. Like, people who are just love. Like, that is what they are. And the idea, of, and it's not gone, I guess, because the, the reason I think that they are just made of love is because of the way that they've affected me without me ever meeting them. Back in January, uh, Neil Peart died. And I'm a, I'm a huge Rush fan. My first ever D&D character was named Bytor.
0: <laughs> After a Rush
2: song called By and the Snow Dog. And that Rush is like the band that I go back to when I want to feel like the person I was when I was 12 years old. You know, the, the, the real me deep down that I buried under all the stagion. And, you know, Rush is a place I go. And I, I earlier, and, it, you know, it's something I bond with my dad over. We, he gave me my first Rush tape. It was Hemispheres. And uh, he really liked the song The Trees. We would listen to it together. So Rush has this ongoing narrative arc through my life, and Neil Peart is like arguably the the heart of the band. Like the Neil Peart's drum solos are what people freak out about when they're talking about Rush, because you know Geddy Lee's a cool bass player and singer, and Alex Lifeson is a cool guitarist, but Neil Peart is the one who's doing like the the impossible shit on drums that really freaks people out. And I was at work when I got the news. And you know, nobody even knew he was sick. Why would I know he was sick? You know, I'm not in his family, and I'm glad his family got that privacy. But the people people at work didn't get it that I wanted to like go home and lay down and just listen to Rush and sob. They wanted you know, I had to be at work on register. I had to be talking to customers about, you know, what flavor latte they want, not dealing with this emotional outpouring
0: that was happening in my heart I don't I don't um I don't understand it sometimes but because I haven't had that experience yet um I I don't know I've just been like I'm trying to think of a time where death hit me really hard for a long period of time and the closest thing is you know when my friend died from cancer but like I don't you know I only grieved at the funeral and I was around people who grieved for someone who died that was in my high school but it never really like hit me i don't understand why i have i don't have like like,
2: missing out on something
0: Mm, maybe it just hasn't happened with the right people kind of thing or you hear about
2: this like legendary historical grief of like you know, Mary Shelley keeping her, the, the author of Frankenstein, keeping her husband's like calcified heart in her pocket, carrying it around with her. Or, you know, like the one of Alexander Hamilton's sons, Philippe, the one who dies in the musical. Spoilers for Hamilton. <laughs> um, he, he had seven other kids, and one of Philippe's sisters like went catatonic and stopped speaking to people after. His death and that's something that feels like a relic of a lost time like people grieving in such a legendary like dramatic way and maybe i only feel that way because you know i've the the loss that i've experienced hasn't been as profound as that i don't know it feels it really feels like you know people used to ride to school on horses and tear their hair out when their loved ones died
0: Yeah, I'm not. uh, Yeah, I, I, I'm not like kind of discounting any of your kind of things. I'm just trying to recall a time, but it hasn't happened yet. Like, I don't know. Most of my grieving is just, I don't know, my own. I guess, you know,
2: you're you're a very resilient person.
0: I'm not.
2: That's something. Well, maybe you don't see that, but I think that you're, you are someone who. I've seen soldier on through all kinds of crazy stuff, man. Stuff that might not seem that crazy to you because you're on the inside. But me watching from the outside, like, I'm not going to go into any of it on the podcast. But for me, for I guess maybe for anyone with ADHD, because our object permanence sucks, funerals are weird because you don't see it. Like, the, the thing... The person that's gone isn't around, and for that reason, like, you're not thinking about them, and everyone else is grieving, and, and I just feel kind of numb, and I have to have this moment later where I just, there's this, like, thunderclap of grief, and I'm like, holy fuck, it's done, they're gone. I can't call this person on the phone anymore and talk to them about what, you know, the thing that we used to talk about once a year. I can't talk to them about this new Strokes album that's out, this band that we both loved, you know. Yeah, that's when it, that's when it really hits me. It's, I, I do find I, I, I don't know if that's what you mean, but it's hard for me to grieve at the same time as everyone else, for sure. Like it happens in private moments. When I'm around people and they're grieving, you know, I just want to love them. I just want to make them feel like the world is a place driven by love and not by loss. But I'm on my own i don't know uh,
0: i mean but what if okay it's gonna kind of turn a little i mean what if what if we are run by loss like the absence of time of what is like what pushes you forward to keep doing the things instead of just staying in bed the whole time i Thanks. mean go i'm ready for this th- th- there's, <laughs> so, i think
2: like you know the the there really is you know whatever you want to call it the sense of being present enlightenment if you want it's it is this balancing act of like hey we are humanity we have to ignore that the earth is dying and keep trying to go to the moon and cure covid like and we 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 have to we have to get distracted from life enough to to advance to gamble humanity keeps rolling the dice again and again and again and again and it keeps working like that's kind <laughs> of our thing but you also, you know, those moments of, you know, skydiving, Rocky Mountain climbing, 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu, living like you were dying. That has to happen sometimes in order for you to be like, fuck, I, I'm not living the life I want to live. I've got to do this. But then you also, you have to stop being afraid of death for like a second just to to do anything, to 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 engage in the mundanities of like taking care of yourself and the people around you and ensuring that society keeps flowing. Like you can't just like, you know, wake up the person in bed with you and say like, good morning. We're going to die. I love you. (laughs) There has to be like a numbness to death. I think with the occasional lightning strike of like, holy fuck, I'm going to die. Yeah. Like definitely driven by loss, but like, us pretending like we're not going to die is also that's like peak human achievement is, you know, a, a snake gives us a fruit or whatever. However, your your chosen you know, narrative of 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 mankind begins, it's usually that mankind is gifted or cursed with the knowledge that, hey, you're going to die someday dogs don't know that like they don't live their life like they have goals they want to achieve before they shuffle off this mortal coil right like they don't want to die they're gonna eat but they're also not gonna like beat themselves up over not starting that novel that they never wrote because they thought they had all the time in the world but oh the doctor said they don't like squirrels don't give a fuck about that maybe (laughs) dolphins do i don't know
0: you you see them run in the middle of fucking street yeah they don't give a fuck (laughs)
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Like the 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 certainty that you are going to die is not something that's always at least it's not always at the front of my mind. But when it is, that's when I'm like, I gotta, ooh, I gotta move. I gotta do this thing. Not necessarily like I gotta count all my beans and get that promotion and you know get married <laughs> and have a kid or whatever. But more like I've got to. Make sure that this time that I have here, I'm spending in a way that means something to me, and that I would be happy with that. Not not even like a legacy, but that I'm happy with the vibe I'm leaving behind. You know? <laughs> like I want people to feel like I loved them, and that I'm still loving them, and that I'm still a presence that's with them, even though the energy that pilots this flesh mech is returned to the source code. You know
0: yeah no I think that for me I think that like the message maybe maybe I mean yeah I think it's good to grieve because it it mattered right but I also think that if you don't take anything from what they did during life then you know what's the point so I've thought of the people that lived and you know passed and if I can take a message from them or a lesson from them. And maybe it wasn't all in vain. You know, it wasn't just all gone all at once. You know, there's something still residual. And whose message before them created them, kind of thing. You know, their message yeah, still made that. like a that.
2: chain of spiritual fingerprints.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, just I've thought of life awesome. like a clay pot. Like every piece of the clay is somebody moving somebody else into position to be the perfect or beginning them to push somebody else into that perfect position. Just like it's all these moving pieces kind of slowly kind of creating something at the end. And is there,
2: is there an end point do you think? I mean, is there, is there an end of that chain reaction where there's like, where the clay pot is done? What is that? What's the, what's let's as a thought experiment, I want to pursue this metaphor to its (laughs) bitter end.
0: A good world, I guess. But it's going to take some time and some bad clay and trying to figure out how to get past it and how to reconstruct it. Because some people just, you know, when they mess up their pot, they just kind of put it away and destroy it. And, you know, you, you see that through like families that just have fights on fights and like th- because of their past, they've become this broken thing. And, you know, sometimes they fall into that thing or sometimes they decide, I don't want to be a part of this pot anymore. And they kind of take
2: my clay and go home.
0: Yeah. Well, and they find their own family or their own parts of clay that moves them into the position they need to be. The final product for each of us potentially could be our casket. Um, (laughs) That's the end for all of us, I think. And you know what? Did what? It, what does that After say? I've seen how
2: much a funeral costs recently. I'm <laughs> cremated as fuck.
0: Yeah, no, my dad said that same thing. She, he also said like, if you can't even afford that, just put me in a cardboard box and throw me in a hole. So yeah.
1: I it's mean, cool. that's more expensive than being cremated, just by the way.
0: A cardboard box.
1: Uh huh. Cardboard box in the ground. It's gonna be more expensive than you being cremated.
0: I don't know if you know how much a Domino's two for sixteen deal is, Yeah. <laughs> I can I, don't know I if you can know, work with that. But that's not
1: that. a box big enough for your father. That's catering
0: too. You just wait. You just if wait you're how many times. I have. fridge already. <laughs> <laughs> but, but see,
2: that's what I'm talking about. Like I'm making a joke about dying and being put in a fucking fridge box, and that shows like a numbness to death. But if I wasn't spurred on by my awareness that I might be in a fucking fridge box someday. Like, I, I, I mean,
1: I don't know. I've had conversations so so I like if you've heard any of the other I don't know, did that was that the one that got recorded? I don't know. Anyways. Oh, you're talking about um, the,
0: we had to do death uh twice?
1: We had to do death twice. I think it was maybe the first time. Anyways. I think so about is it a technically lot. technically
0: death episode three.
1: This yeah. For us for us it's death episode three. For the viewers, it's death episode two. Wow. But yeah, I I think about that cuz I think it's a big a big deal, you know, for your family after you're gone. So like you know, paying for the funeral or paying for the cremation or any of those things, like part of me wants to make it as easy as possible for those around me to grieve. So for me to feel good about not being here, I want to be able to have the money for them to put me in an oven, light me on fire, let all my fats boil down and then spread me or keep me on the mantle. Like I don't, at that point I don't care, but I want to get turned into dice. (laughs) They can, I'm sure I, I'm positive I'd do that too. I
2: think I've gotten a Facebook ad for that, and I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> Whatever advertising algorithm this is, it's got me figured the fuck out. I didn't even know this about myself, but it's true.
0: And your FBI a yeah. agent winks through the camera. Thanks. I got you. I got you, Skylar. So- <laughs> okay.
2: Thanks, ad exec or NSA agent or whoever you are.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's part of my understanding for the rest of the right. That's my pot. That's my, I guess, pot It feels like more like a brick, right? I can put my brick for this house to be finished by tying up that loose end. So my knowledge is then, okay, well, how else can we do this? Oh, I have two parents who are old. My dad has already had a heart attack and a heart transplant. So we have had like the first trial run of what happens if dad's not here anymore.
2: Yeah, you had like a dress rehearsal. Holy
1: fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. Um, I didn't handle it very well. So maybe that's why I'm so like amped up to be like, okay, these are the things that we need to have prepared beforehand. So when we are stressed out and crying and trying to kill each other, at least that stress is not on top of everything else. Yeah. So
2: um,
1: my parents reject it. My parents hate when I bring it up. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to face that idea that they are not going to be here anymore. Although I know I'm doing it out of love for my future. Like I'm doing it for future, Alex. They have, they want no part well, of it. I, you know, I'm sure you're doing it for, you know, if you're whoever goes <laughs> first and whoever's still around, like you're,
2: you're doing it for them too. Right. Like watching the people who I watched, uh, going around and picking out, you know, headstones and, shit like that man like it was not fun it was not cool it was not fulfilling there was nothing like cool about shopping for funeral shit like that is not the, i don't think that that's an additive experience i think that it just sucks and that it if it weren't a part of it that it would have been easier maybe everyone else's experience isn't like that but that's definitely what I saw is the like, hey, I'm grieving and uh, the this used car salesman essentially is trying to make me buy all this shit for a farewell party for someone. They're and
1: like- since we don't think about it and we don't talk about it, prices are arbitrary, right? Yeah. They can make up their own prices because who has time to bargain shop when... Everything is fine yeah
2: and how are you gonna put a price on that shit when you're like full of the, the the biggest the most true emotion I think the the most naked truth the first truth when you're facing that like what there's no room for anything else can't haggle prices on a fucking coffin
0: I mean my family probably would <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to think about that like i mean they're so in tune with it like do they like you know how servers are like all right i can muster these people up like do they think that they have like yeah these guys are down for anything let's go like do they have this platinum package these assholes are marks they got them they they definitely i mean or is i like there's gotta be so many like just like Hey, is your first date kid, you sold them that coffin. I am with you over here. You
2: could have gone with, uh, <laughs> corpse holder deluxe,
0: <laughs> the remembrance Got package, a
2: Bluetooth speaker, <laughs> so you can play on all your favorite jams from up there.
1: Yeah, oh, or man. the rubber sealant, so their body and their fluids stay inside the Whoa. coffin. Which we all, if we know our biology. That's not what happens when gas escapes. No. So basically, you're just buying a giant ticking time bomb for your loved one's coffin to explode okay. because of their...
2: <laughs> I took a walk. We were visiting a grave this last year, and it had rained really recently, and it was kind of flooded. Mm-hmm. And there were parts of the ground that were, like, carbonated. Like, there were there were bubbles. It was quartz mm-hmm. gas. Mm-hmm and that was a moment where i was like oh wow i'm not gonna be here forever i'm gonna be the graveyard soda someday <laughs> and it was i don't know it was awesome and terrible like that was a better experience in grieving than you know shopping for headstones you know yeah.
1: Well on some level it's a it's a guilt right it's I my feelings towards this person this is how I would want to show them right it's that gift right yeah. I'm going to find this gift that's perfect for you and I'm going to give it to you and you're going to love it and we're going to be excited about it together but now Whoa. you're guessing what they would want and you don't get that feedback if that's what they they really wanted Mm-mm. Right. So then you're like, oh no, it's gotta be good. Like I have to be confident in my decision because I'm not going to get that feedback from this person.
0: You didn't want the Corpse Master Deluxe three thousand, you wanted the four thousand? I'm an idiot.
2: (laughs) Yeah, oh yeah, next year with the Ouija board we're gonna find out. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't get me the fucking the, the felt inlay. It sucks in here. (laughs) Why are you still in the box? You can move around as a ghost. (laughs) Oh, man, I just... You didn't put the Enochian runes on the (laughs) gasket that let me inhabit your CD player, you idiot. Uh, They offered you that for just $400 more. What's that?
0: What's that to eternity? Come on.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know, man. I just feel like, you know, I hate talking about this, but, like, if I, if the meat pudding that is my brain just exploded today and stopped working for whatever reason, you know, any reason, there are way more reasons than I can count that my body would stop working. I don't want my wife to, like, go to a funeral parlor and get fucking upsold on a, I don't know, even an urn, right? Like, yeah. Give me a Maxwell House coffee can. Like, I don't know. Actually, I have like a D20 mug. That would be perfect.
0: Heck, yeah.
1: <laughs> I had a uh, I had a Darth Vader like soup container that screwed down yes. really well.
0: <laughs> wow. Oh, that's perfect. It's like <laughs> You just your husband check it out. You were my wife. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You can have his oh, Kylo oh, Ren no. moment. <laughs> Just
0: yelling at the <laughs> kid. I want to it. What are started?
1: <laughs> oh man. So here's the other thing that you could go with, right? Here, here's the next step is that when you do, if you get cremated, the ashes your bot your your family gets or whoever gets it, um, that's not a hundred percent you, right? right? That's so like a
2: casserole.
1: It's sort of like a casserole, right? There are going to be fragments of other people before you that end up in your, you know, final urn or whatever. But then you will also end up in other people's lives, which is really an interesting way to think, I think about.
2: That's fucking cool. I love yeah.
1: That. So even you know, it's it's you're going to be you know remembered through stories. You're going to remember through pictures and things like that. But even, like, the physical space of you would still exist within something else. So that, like, you're still going to be there affecting other people. Like, not on a huge place, but it's it's interesting to think about that, too. Like, okay, so maybe we don't even talk about being cremated, but maybe you do go into the ground. So then the grass and the, the dirt and the bugs and the things around you are going to absorb you, and then they're going to... Yeah. You know, that I'm whole circle
2: of life. And like, yeah. Bite their kid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, so uh,
2: metal. I, I have, have you seen Poltergeist?
1: Oh my God. I was terrified. No. So Fucking that, those, the swimming
2: sequence. Like, those are real skeletons. That's real. It was That's cheaper. Not yeah. Legend.
1: It yeah. was cheaper. And
2: I would love to have donate my body to cinema. <laughs> Because, like, you, it's, you know, it is easy to donate to science or whatever. I assume. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. But as you hear about it all the time. Yeah. I bought science. And, you know, becoming a medical cadaver.
1: It but depends. The idea
2: of, like, I don't care what movie, man. I don't care what it is. Just put me in the credits. I'll make sure I pay my screen actor's guild dues before I die. So you have to credit my skeleton, because I don't know who any of those people were in Poltergeist, whose skeletons were featured, but I love the idea that they're remembered in this other state that we don't usually get to meet people in. You know, you don't get to meet a lot of dead people. Real skeletons. Yeah, and when you see people who have died in movies, normally the movie was made before they died, right? (laughs) So... (laughs) I don't, there's something, I, I don't know if romantic is the right word, but I, I do have a very a spiritual relationship with cinema. I go to the movies and I have my popcorn and coke and that's my cam- communion. You know, the transubstantiation and Stanley Kubrick's body ma- manifests in my stomach or whatever the fuck. <laughs> the, the, and I, I don't know, that being a part of my like physical afterlife, I love that. I wish that was a service that was provided. Like there's gotta be some fucked up director who's like, I need corpses (laughs) sometime over the next 50 years. I'm going to need a couple at least
0: use them for multiple movies.
2: Yeah, man. Like, (laughs) Oh dude, that's the skeleton from ghost kissers 11. That's crazy (laughs) that he's in ghost kissers 12, (laughs) (laughs) but as a different character, they really didn't think I'd notice. (laughs) <laughs> I know that brow ridge anywhere. That's Skylar.
0: That's Skylar. The was like skelly. Tyrion
2: Lannister, all stretched out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so
1: is that? There's, is like, that a, a YouTube there's comment? like a Skeleton, IMDb. Is there? No, no. Oh. But if there was, <laughs> was like, Whoa. Like a skeleton, like oh, that. You know the brow yeah. ridge. I know, I know that skeleton. Know, I've seen them know, somewhere. And check then. It. Oh, and then yeah. you can find out one of the movies.
2: Yeah, that's the one that Julia Roberts kissed.
1: Oh, man. So we're all confirming that Julia Roberts is going to live longer than Forever. we are? Longer okay. than me, at least. Okay.
2: If if the old woman was right. That
1: day. <laughs> I saw it in the eye. <laughs> yeah.
2: is, that, is that Big Fish?
1: That is Big Fish, yeah. Perfect. Yep.
2: I wish that Ewan McGregor had just played his son, too.
1: Oh man, I wish Ian McGregor would show up in more things than he does. In my house. Oh my god! In a minute, <laughs> I'd be. Yep.
0: In this podcast?
1: Question
0: mark. Hold up. Hello there. he played D and D before? <laughs> just looking that up right now.
1: Oh my god, I would die. He's such a just a sweet little person, of a person. He's I... a
2: moat of pure light.
1: Ah, yeah, easily. So the issue, cool. right, is that he came into our lives in Moulin Rouge, which was just mm. so sweet and romantic. And then that's it. Like,
2: train spotting, <laughs> though. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Not as romantic. <laughs> pretty, that's pretty good.
1: But yeah, but like first, oh, I love him. If we can go and play D&D with us, I think I would die.
2: I do have like a hit list. Yeah. yeah like dream. Dream D people and a lot you know, not very many celebrity celebrities, but a lot of D folks. Or like uh Dan Avidan, Danny sexbank Like I know that dude plays D D and he is just uh such a charming and pleasant person. I would I would love to to play dnd f- with him for him, I said. <laughs> I'd <would> love to <laughs> play D D for him. Watch me, Daniel Wait. Who? Doing this for you. Uh, he's half of Game Grumps.
0: Ah, uh, okay.
2: He's not Aaron. He's not Ego Raptor. He's the other one.
0: Okay. Okay. I know what you're talking about now. You said the name, and I was like, I don't. Okay.
2: He's also Ninja <laughs> Sex Party.
0: Ninja Sex Party?
2: Yeah. We'll talk about this off off cam. Okay. Off mic.
0: We'll do. We'll put it on cam and off off mic. <laughs>
2: on cam, off mic. <laughs> That's good TV.
0: That's good TV.
2: You could, the other is doable, but like no audio video only. Unless you're already like a differently abled person who's able to Fine. make up for that.
0: Yeah. Then no way. So today when I, was, I, I said something very, I guess to me it's nothing because I said, yeah, we might die. And then my, one of the people was just like, don't say that, that could actually happen. And I'm like, and I saw the, the way she reacted. And I'm like, I think I, I, I really struck a chord and I guess there's something that's going on that I don't quite understand. So I'm going to apologize right now. And, and those kind of jokes I, I do all the time because I, I I've uh, experienced death, and you know, I, I I know it's inevitable, and I've kind of come to terms. So I I feel like me joking about it kind of makes me feel better, I guess. But to others who haven't kind of gone through that, it like bringing up death is just like a open wound and just salting it.
2: Yeah. So like, dude, if you talk about it, it'll happen. Yeah. Kind of super superstition.
1: Man. That's how death works. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, it's kind of how. God works. You know, in Judaism, you don't want to say the, his actual name or he'll look at you. God leaves us alone and we leave him alone, so you don't say the, that name. Yeah. And if you see uh, a youth group shirt with that printed on it from a Christian church, you have to bury it in Geniza. Anyway, there's your look into Judaism. Thank wow. you. <laughs> That's
1: an interesting connection that I just made, too. Because I a little bit away from religion. Religion. Um, yeah. I was raised Catholic, so I feel like that is an easy explanation there.
2: It's why you like D and D.
1: Yeah. So I it's it...
2: fantasy Christianity,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it makes it's... sense. But you know, one thing that any sort of like metaphysical place or anything not quite religion, but a religion adjacent,
2: like spirituality.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Spirituality they tell you that you're not, you don't sit there and say, like, I can't wait for something to happen. And that in itself is just saying that the thing that you want to happen is probably not going to happen because you can't wait for it. And so the universe is like, Hey, bitch, you're going to wait for it. Right. So sort of that same idea. If I don't talk about it, then it's more likely to happen to me or I'm going to be safe or things are going to happen the way that I want them to happen versus when i start talking and saying their name they're less likely to be either happening or something bad's going to happen right Yeah, i
2: mean there's a lot of juggling a lot of like contradictory superstitions
1: i would love to just know the like original Uh, original religion like what started everything and i think if i get a question in the afterlife that's going to be the question i have just like where did it start
2: there's a story about about in uh, about the buddha meeting god and they get up to meet god surrounded by all the demigods and god and buddha are alone in this grove and buddha is like buddha asks how do i end all suffering in the world and god says something like hey these people just think i'm god because i got here first i don't know could you help me figure it out and th- just thinking of you being like, what was the first one? And whatever's talking to you being like, man, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> Could you help me figure it out? Like, what a mind fuck that would be.
1: <laughs> that's fine. I would then full on. Oh, what's his face from? It's always sunny. Charlie With
2: the board Day. Uh, uh, Charlie. Oh, that's yeah. the actual. Well, I just. I mean, his is actor. Finkel. Yeah. Finkel is Einhorn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That would be me. With the the board, just he gave me that power, conspiracy and they... theorist. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And Alex Jones
2: forever. <laughs> That's the afterlife. We all get That's to be my... Alex Jones.
1: <laughs> I Well, would Alex honestly... gets to be
2: Alex Jones because Alex is Alex. What? What do I we would get to be? I would honestly be okay with that. Adrian has to be. I can't think of any Adrians right now.
0: Don't worry, it's really tough.
2: Adrian. <laughs> God,
0: uh, you're in the movie Rocky.
2: That's head. the only one I know, too. <laughs> there's got to be. I'm Googling famous Adrians. Adrian...
0: Maybe I'll oh. be the first. Are we... Famous Adrians.
2: I don't know. Adrian Peterson is a football player. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that sounds kind of familiar. Hottest men of 2020 ranked. Adrian Neville. Okay, I know. He's a wrestler. Adrian Smith. Iron Maiden. Okay. Adrian Smith. That would be a cool one. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Those only... Skylers are like 15 year old girls. So. Okay. I don't know if I want to. Real quick. Bl-
0: I mean, you might. You don't know yet. You haven't tried it. <laughs> it might be very liberating and freeing. Not, not having to worry about things and be 15 again.
2: I, being 15 years old is <laughs> not liberating.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that oh, is no, hell. no.
2: You're just so fucking obsessed with what everyone else thinks about you, and you're uh, you don't have any agency. Oh. But you want you want freedom, but you don't want responsibility. It sucks. You're oh. nothing but impulse. Terrible.
0: I'm trying to think what I, how, what what grade is 15? Uh, like eighth grade, ninth grade,
2: ninth, ninth oh. grade to tenth grade, like uh freshman to sophomore year of high school. If you if you went through all of
0: it oh that was a no never mind fuck that that was weird
2: yeah man but people would tell me like high school is the best years of your life you got to enjoy it and as soon as i got to college i was like the fuck was that (laughs) high school was shitty okay i I have to go make dinner
0: okay thank you so much uh let's wrap this up though
2: this went some this went some places
0: oh hell yeah you know, with with you and Alex to, together, it goes places. <laughs> but also- I
1: feel as though normally we get a little more off, but this time it was more of a, it was more constructed. And, well, it was more connected than what it, yeah. it usually is.
2: Sure. Or at least Alex and I see the connections.
1: That's fine with me. So- look, look, the connection was death, right? And then us seeing the bigger impact of death, right? So then the connectedness of the world and realizing that your words as a person has a bigger connection and making the world a better place.
2: The connection is connection.
1: Connection is connection.
0: That's your, that's your quote right there. The connection is connection. Oh, and they're
2: going to have to wait the whole damn episode to hear it. That's how you get them, Adrian. That's how you (laughs) get
0: them. (laughs) All right. Okay,
2: guys, it has been a blast.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, You want to plug anything before you head out?
2: Just check out my YouTube channel at Skyler the Dungeonologist. I make a lot of videos about a lot of stuff, but mostly D&D and ADHD.
0: Awesome. Yeah, go check them out, folks.
1: And thank you for Skyler for joining us. Thank you all for listening. Please join us next week. We also have a couple of ways to connect. You can contact us through Twitter, through Instagram through an email. Uh, We would love to hear your feedback. Let us know where you want us to go because at this point, you're just letting us ramble. And I don't know how productive that is at this point in our life, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, If you do enjoy us, help us out and support us by joining our Patreon. Once we start growing our Patreon, we can do and offer a lot of different things. Adrian has a lot of good ideas on one shots. We'll have Q and A's we'll have a place for you to come together and talk about life and love and Dungeons and Dragons. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us wherever you find podcasts. And, you know, talk about us during that family dinner. Send us to your friends and your family. Help us grow our listenership.
0: Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening in. Holidays are just around the corner. So, hey, maybe... That gift is letting them know we're around. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you all so much for listening in. You all have a wonderful day. My name's Adrian.
1: And I'm Alex.
0: Go have some fun.